From the Orange County Fire Authority, this is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the OCFA Podcast. <laughs> Just want to say thank you for uh, listening in today, and Kevin's laughing his head off right now. <laughs> Is that too much, Kevin? You pulled the harmonica out of your <laughs> sleeve and just started playing. Sorry, the old, the old minor came out in me a little bit. And it can actually play. <laughs> not too bad, not too bad. Just want to say, um, originally I was uh, the voice of the podcast, and it's just so crazy how it goes around in a big circle, and I'm back today. So for those of you who don't recognize the voice or maybe the harmonica that uh, was playing in the background, uh, my name is Sean Colgan. I work out of uh, operations training and safety right now. So today I have the honor and the privilege to be uh, sitting right next to our assistant chief Phil Johnson who is uh, getting ready to uh, spread his wings and go uh, take another journey in life, right? What, what, do we, what do we have going on today? Well, thank you for having me. And um, it's, it's nice to see you here going from the voice or the intro to the actual worker bee. Thank you. How about that stuff? <laughs> I, what I, a transition. Yeah, I never, I thought they were gonna kick me out. I didn't think I'd ever be welcome back here, but. So um, I'm just I'm just honored, Chief. Seriously, um, I know you had asked me a few weeks ago to be able to be part of your exit, you know, interview, and uh, I truly am. I, I'm honored, and it's a, it's a privilege. You know, I've gotten to know you over uh, the several years, and uh, we've had some uh, great conversations, yeah, and uh, some good hugs and a little bit of tears, and uh, I truly appreciate it. So. Well, thank you, and uh, and thank you for saying yes. I appreciate it. I didn't know who I was going to get, but uh, yeah, you were the one that came to mind, and it's all for those same reasons. The relationship we've joined, uh, or we've had since I joined uh, OCFA uh, in two thousand and one. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, the party has just kept going even up to this moment with uh, with you and I. Ah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And speaking of that, thirty five years in the fire service, right? Yeah. Yeah, where the time go? Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I was going to ask you the same thing. I don't know. It it, it just kind of you blink and, and the years go by. It's it's amazing. Yeah. So um, I know probably not everybody has had such a blessing and a chance to be able to get to know you over the years and figured you know came up with a few questions and um, maybe to give you know some of the folks that haven't had the time to spend with you and ask you some questions and and also to give back to our organization and the younger firefighters, you know, coming up through the organization, even down to the, uh, to the cadets and our interns that, you know, we have down at the tower. So I, I think this is going to be great and, yeah. and I'm excited to do this. So me too. You ready for a couple questions? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Perfect. So, um, just kind of want to go back to the basics and just talk to you a little bit about, you know, what got you involved in a fire service, you know, who was there during that time, um, and just a little background of where you started and, and where we're at now today. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, everybody does have a story on, uh, on how they, how it came to be for, uh, their time in the fire service. Uh, for me, let's roll it back to when I was six years old. 
1972, probably before <laughs> hey. most people around here were alive. Mm -hmm. nice. uh, it's a good year. It's when I was born, Chief, by oh, the way. Perfect. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good year. Uh, I, uh, I used to live in Los Angeles at the time in the San Fernando Valley. And I remember my mom and I were in the car driving down the street and driving past a fire station. And there was a big sign up there and it was open house. So, of course, uh, bugging my mother to uh, to go in. And this was about the about the time uh, the show Emergency had come out. And oh, for yeah. all of you out there that don't know about this, you can look it up. There's references to Johnny and Roy, and that's <laughs> who they are. Yes. Um, so we went into the fire station. Uh, one of the first things I remember is how it smelled in there. I remember it was LAFD Station 86. Uh it smelled like a bunch of old fires in there. And of course, front line was a uh, crown, ah, the old open, open, the old uh, open cab crown. crown. Now those things are uh, only seen in museums and on TV shows. And I knew right from there, that's, uh, that's what I wanted to do the rest of my life. Of course, uh, my mom, she blew it off because, you know, tomorrow will be a cowboy, the next day a postman and so on and so forth. Uh, fast forward a bunch of years, I never really lost it, but it, uh, the interest in wanting to become a firefighter, but uh, didn't know how to get started. Had no idea how to get in. Uh, fast forward a bunch of years into when I was working in a restaurant. There was a guy that came uh, came into the restaurant to be seated, had a volunteer firefighter t-shirt on. Yeah. And I said, I'm asking this guy. There you go. And fortunately for me, the guy was real friendly and open and uh, said, hey, we have our meeting nights on these particular nights. Why don't you come on by? So uh, I started doing that. And one thing led to another. Uh, I was a volunteer and then I worked uh, and I went to a, a paid call. And then uh, then I went to a Cal Fire as a uh, seasonal in San Diego County. Okay. And after that, uh, it was off to medic school. And then uh, I got hired by Vista Fire, worked there for a number of years and then uh, the next thing I know, um, I'm getting a couple of phone calls from some past members here of the OCFA by the name of Greg Hosberg and Brian Norton. Oh, yeah. Good Greg name. and I used to work together at Vista. Okay. And uh, Brian and I uh, used to be roommates when we were both at Cal Fire. Okay. Both those guys started calling and uh, filling up my answering machine because in those days there was no cell phones. It was answering machines. <laughs> letting me know there was a... Uh, a lateral test being held here at the OCFA. And my first response back to them was, so I was happy as could be. I was, uh, I was about nine years into my tenure at Vista and they kept calling and bugging me. They weren't going to let it go. So, uh, I said, okay, I'll put in an application knowing this will at least shut them up for a while thinking it wasn't going to go anywhere. Well, here I am. And, uh, glad, uh, Glad to be here for sure. Uh, to this day, it pains me for acknowledging both those guys that they were right, and I was <laughs> glad they did it. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, um, a wonderful place to be, um, and I've enjoyed I've enjoyed all my time here and all of the opportunity that uh, the OCFA has afforded me. Um, I've always uh, when I wait, let me back up when I was first asked. Uh, couple of years in OCFA, how I liked it by people at Vista. And I, my answer was always, Vista was like the carnival on the corner. It was a lot of fun. 
but somebody came up to me and handed me a ticket to Disney World. All right. And uh, that's how I saw OCFA then, and I still see it that same way now. Ah. And, uh, still still uh, having a lot of fun. Oh, I, I think we got the better end of that stick, right? We're, <laughs> we're, we're definitely blessed that, you know, you, you took that leap and you came over here, and I know you've been, you know, a mentor for a lot of us. And, um, and you know, I know uh, there's a lot of people out there that appreciate that. And I think, uh, I think that's a pretty exciting journey. And you know what? You look back at those two individuals, and that's why we have good friends, right? Right. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's really neat that you're, you, you took that leap and you came here, and look at where you're at now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's amazing, amazing. So when you were at Vista, you left Vista as a um, medic firefighter, lateral Correct. Lateral over. Okay. Yeah. And then with your seasonal time, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Um, what, uh, what rigs were you on there? You know, do you remember, you remember way back then? I do. I <laughs> was do. Smokey still around back then? Smokey was around. Yes. He was a little younger then. Ah, darn yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Love but, that uh, guy. No, those, uh, those were very fond memories for me. I worked at a station down in, uh, San Diego County called Petrero. Okay. And it was, uh, about a mile from the Takati, Mexico border. Okay. Uh, the, the, at the time it was a two engine station, it was 3363 and 3383. Uh, back in those days, there was no enclosed cabs. The firefighters rode out on the back, uh, eating bugs, eating smoke and mostly eating dirt. Yes. Were you guys, is that where you're facing each other? The old models? Okay. Uh, I can't quite remember what model that was, but, uh, we had, uh, we had a two wheel drive and a four wheel drive. So the, the, it was the, the two wheel drives were model ones. Okay. And back then the four wheel drive we had, we thought we were uh, <laughs> cream of the crop there. We had a brand new model five, four wheel drive. Oh, nice. And this thing was, was all of that. Perfect. But we had a lot of fun down there. We had a lot of uh, fires down there at the border, a whole lot of initial attack. Um, I really, I really learned what following the rules were about and procedure. And most of all, I really, uh, I really learned how to fight wildland fires. And then of course, that's where I got bit by the wildland fire bug. Nah, yep. We know that we know your, <laughs> your heart is there and it, it, yeah. it's still there. And I'm sure for many years, it'll still, it's yeah. still going to be there. So, and, and I, I like to ask you that because it's always neat. You know, we talk about, well, I started here and then I leaped over here, but it's neat to see, I mean, back then how far the fire service has evolved. I mean, you know, young men, women on a fire engine, like you said, chewing bugs and going to fires. And um, probably a lot of times you're out there a lot by yourself on an IA, right? right. Probably some pretty horrific accidents out there that you're out by yourself. So. Um, not like how blessed we are here. We got an engine or, you know, a truck coming right behind us. Yeah. So, um, but then obviously, so from there and then going to Vista and, you know, going through medic school and all, all of that. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I like that. I like that a lot. That's a, that's a, it's a great story. And that's what I mean for, for the new up and coming folks that, you know, from our cadets, to our interns, I think, think they're going to get a lot out of this and for the folks out there that haven't had the chance to be able to sit there and mm-hmm. spend a little bit of time with with phil and get to know him so so yeah. we we appreciate that obviously coming over here you know coming in as a firefighter you know medic then going through all your different you know uh promotions 
So from, from there, out of there, you became a uh, captain for us. Mm -hmm. And yes, I, uh, when I promoted to captain, um, my first house was uh, at 39s. Okay. And at that point, we were in the uh, trailer. Uh, well, a new 39s was being built. We were in a trailer at the Ziggurat building or in the parking lot at the Ziggurat building okay. while it was getting built. And then, uh, yeah, we got to open up the brand new station 39. As we all know, it's a very nice fire station. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. A lot lot nicer than the block building that you probably were in back as a young man at CDF, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I might add, yes, there is truth to you did rake rocks back then. <laughs> they, uh, it was part of the busy work. CDF was uh, very strict on that. You, The state got their... Uh, got their money out of you during work hours. And if yeah. we ran out of stuff to do, one of the things was to rake the pea gravel that was out in front by the big CDF sign. So how it worked was you put rake marks in the pea gravel and you went north to south on odd days and east to west on that on even days of the calendar. <laughs> That's how CDF worked back then. <laughs> That's a... True story. Yeah, a lot different. Probably not too many water breaks either, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I, you know, I truly do love hearing those stories and kind of just brings us back to, you know, the I, I say old school, but it's true. That's, you know, the traditions in the fire service and what we did here, you know, in California, obviously different on the different coasts and stuff. But, you know, being with CDF, um, you know, I got to spend a couple seasons myself there. And like you said, just learned a lot of valuable and respect for fire. So um, yeah. I, I appreciate that. And I, I kind of I kind of fast forward. Now, I want to talk about when you did come over. I um, we talked about this a little earlier, but I remember the first time that I got it, that I got to meet you up in Silverado when you're at 15s mm -hmm. and the crew. Tell us a little bit about like the crew who you got to hang out with back then. Yeah, so uh, when I first got to 15s, I had actually come from 19s, and we know what the call load at 19 is, and we know what the call load at 15s is. And it was like a car accident. It's a sudden stop that kills you. I thought I was going to die at 15s at first <laughs> because I, I started uh, thinking it was like the Cal Fire times. Uh, it was single engine out there, only three of us, and at the time there was no engineer. It was always an overtimer. Yeah. Um, and the only other faces we saw out there were the Forest Service folks. So I tried to make friends with them real quick just to have somebody else to talk to. Sure. Uh, but after a while, I don't know, maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome. I really started loving it out there and didn't want to leave. So uh, I spent uh, through two ranks. I spent the better part of 10 years out there. That's that's yeah, that's I had a lot of fun. Um, we, I eventually, or we eventually got a full-time engineer out there or somebody who filled that spot. And, uh, that was Chris Rathman. Ah, uh, great man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ironically, um, uh, you know, after I made captain out, let me back up. Uh, I was a <laughs> firefighter out there. Chris would work an occasional overtime out there, but I remember the first time I ever met Chris, we were down at, uh, Albertson's getting groceries. And at the time he worked at eights. Okay. We ran into each other in the parking lot going into the grocery store. And for some great reason, we hit it off immediately. So Chris ended up uh, transferring out to 15s. And uh, we were like Velcro. And we still are. 
Uh, he's been retired a little while now, and uh, I'm about to head out the door, but he and I are still in contact all the time. Ah, that's great. Um, I eventually promoted to captain, uh, went to 39s, and then uh, a spot opened up when I was uh, done with my probation at 39s, went back to 15s, and uh, got to work with Chris. I got to be Chris's captain. Uh, as we know, he's a very wise man, uh, knows many, many things. He's been through many facets of the fire service. And I always used to tease Chris that, uh, you know, I said, look, I, uh, uh, I may be the boss, but you're actually in charge. <laughs> there you go. Because of, of his knowledge and skills and abilities and just, just the historical uh, perspective he brings with him, too. So I learned a lot from him. I still do to this day. I still call him for advice. Ah, I love it. That's that's a great friendship. That's yeah. what it's all about. And you know, so digging a little bit deeper, um, for those of you who don't know, I grew up out in Silverado. Um, I did get to meet Chief back in 2000 and, uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, here comes this young stud coming off of the, uh, the fire engine, went over towards my dad had a garden called Grandpa's Garden there. And uh, I remember the crew coming in and just going, this, this is going to be an amazing man. He's going to, he's going to do great things for us. Just your attitude, just the humbleness and just, you're, you're just, you had that smile on your face. And, and I know that that's going to be a good man. And kind of leading into that or leading out of that, I, I look and I know you spent quite a time at 15s. And of course, myself growing up there, you know, we know that that's the Bermuda Triangle from fires to floods to some nasty wrecks out there and being alone by yourself brings you back to those CDF days. For sure. And um, I know that the community definitely appreciated the fact that we had somebody there that cared. Mm-hmm. And not only, like you said, you know, with Rathman that was out there and he put the time in to know and to meet the community and to make it a safer place. And just, just kind of wanted to tell you, you know, I, I think we don't get the chance to tell people that when we, you know, we live in those first dues, but I, I truly appreciate it. I know my old man appreciated that. It's always good to see a friendly face when you got flame lengths blowing up into the hills and right. it's just getting crazy. So I, I definitely uh, want to say thank you for that. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. And, uh, it was a lot of fun out there, and and the the folks that live out in the canyon are a very special tight knit group. You're being really nice right now. Every, <laughs> <laughs> they really were. Everybody uh, everybody knows each other, and uh, when uh, when the chips are down, uh, which happen from time to time out there between the fires, the great floods, yes, uh, and everything in between, uh, everybody would come together. Uh, I remember Chris Rathman and I used to joke about how slow of a station it was, but when it happened out there, it was on CNN. And there was many times Silverado Canyon was on national news. And uh, just just a crazy place, and uh, but a good crazy. Uh, You learn a lot out in places like that. Well, that's great. And of course, now from promoting from captain, you promoted to battalion chief. Yep. So yeah. we, we got you in the battalion, you're, you're in the battalion. So yeah. you did that for a little bit. I did that. Um, I, uh, I promoted to battalion chief in 2013 and, uh, I, my first assignment was uh, to battalion two out, uh, out there in the Yorba Linda Placentia area. 
um, another great experience. Um, and the nice thing too was I lived three minutes from Station Thirty Four. Ah, that's so. That's a blessing, right yeah, there. Yeah, it great. was. It was really nice. It just kind of, kind of ended up like that. Um, great experience cutting my teeth uh, as a chief officer, uh, being able to know uh, the people out in that battalion, but also it's surrounded by a bunch of other agencies, which made it even more fun. I got to interact with uh, people within the solar group um, and all those other Metronet agencies that surround that, uh, including the other counties. Some folks from LA County Fire got those those relationships established uh, and really made it a fun time out there. But I, I really owe it to the crews that I worked with that were uh, just phenomenal sure. out there. Um, uh, another Titanic group. Uh, from there, I got uh, I got pulled into uh, my staff time, and that was uh, at Strategic Services. Um, got to work with two wonderful people there, Michelle Hernandez and Kristen Lee. Um, yeah. They were definitely uh, an incredible brain trust of this organization, with running numbers and uh, <laughs> historical perspective. It was it was crazy. Um, and then uh, then I got moved there to uh, ECC. All right. Now, listen, I want to stop you for a second there with the ECC. So did, did we leave anything out back, you know, prior? Did you ever do any dispatch time or anything like that? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, I don't want to forget anything. <laughs> I mean, you're going to need to help me remember some things, too. So, <laughs> yeah, back in uh, back in my Vista days, um, there, there really wasn't any such thing as overtime. We were not in constant staffing there. We were in minimum staffing. So. Of course, what that means is, you know, if one or two people call in sick, we just bump down and uh, we we didn't hire anybody for overtime. So to make extra money, everybody had some sort of a side gig, you know, could be construction, could be could be dispatching. Yeah. So I was a part time dispatcher mm-hmm. uh, at the time. It was called Rancho Rancho Fire. So that was my part time gig. Wow. Um, so. That's that's where I got my introduction to dispatch. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was the best dispatcher in the entire world, but I was a dispatcher. So um, that uh, so yeah, I think that helped me well, at least as far as knowing a little bit about the culture mm-hmm. of a dispatch center because it is a different culture. Sure. Uh, so coming into RECC and learning what it was about here in Orange County let alone for the OCFA. And as we know, we dispatch for so many different cities. Yes. So uh, that was it. And then uh, once my time was up, um, it was back out to Battalion 2. That's right. So, okay, so back out to Battalion 2. Back out to Battalion 2. You were everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you're out there back in Battalion 2, and then your next promotion. Next one was, uh, was Division Chief and... Uh, I was lucky enough to become division chief, yeah. taking that test, of course, and having division four, yeah. which battalion two sits in division four, and of course, battalion three. Um, division, we, take, we take care of our own, right? We, yeah. We do. Yeah, we do. I, it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I promoted in behind uh, Andy Kovacs, who had retired out, and he has since become the chief of a, a department in Colorado. Oh, okay. So... Um, Working, uh, working with him was great. Getting some tips and tricks, and uh, from him as well as his uh, awesome personality, as yeah. we all remember, it was great. Uh, so, one of the things that, as 
as I promote it up through the different ranks, you make different kinds of relationships with different kinds of people. And with the division chief, you're making more relationships with the cities, with the city staff, with, uh, with their politicians. Um, and it was all a great experience for me. It was, it was an area and some of the doors in the fire service that I'd never walked through before, let alone didn't even really know they existed. And additionally, being able to make certain decisions on things that was, you know, was above my level till previously. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, it, every city has uh, its own personality and it, it was really a fine experience. Uh, and then uh, a, certain, a certain amount of time through uh, my field division chief, Back into ECC, I went. <laughs> when you're good, you're good, right? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Chief Fennessy approached me, um, and he made it optional. Uh, Got to give him credit on that. But uh, he truly did make it optional. But sure. uh, he thought I'd be a good fit for that position because uh, Chief Dossie was promoting out of that into the operations chief role. And uh, so I said yes. And uh, it was familiar territory for me. And the ECC had been revamped uh, mm -hmm. quite a bit while I was out. Um, one of the uh, key players in that was Chief Dossie as well as Jeff Logan. Okay. Um, and what a godsend to find Jeff. Yeah. I'm, glad we, uh, I'm glad we grabbed him. Uh, so I, uh, I spent more time in ECC and had, a, had a, just an absolute wonderful time relationships with new people. The uh, shifts in there went from 24 hour to 12 hour shifts. So we hired a bunch of new faces there. So for me, it was more people to meet. Yes. I remember, I remember that. I remember when that was going on. That was, a, that's a big, that was a big change, Yeah. you know, yeah. which is, which is exciting. Like yeah. you said, the different positions that you've had throughout, you know, your career um, and being able, I mean, you would never think as a six year old boy at that firehouse to where you are now and the opportunities and the wonderful people that you have met and the trials and errors, I mean, is just, uh, it's, it's probably pretty humbling looking back at all that. Absolutely. And you're not even, we're, we're, we're still talking about you going back in the ECC. We're not, we're not, right. we're, we're not done. <laughs> so hold on folks. We got a ways to go. <laughs> And if you need to, if you need to shut this off for a few minutes and clean the blood out of your ears, you know, it's okay. So, <laughs> oh. so out of, so you were back in ECC and then from there, where did we go? From there, the, uh, uh, the opportunity came up for the operations chief position. Um, chief Sanchez had, uh, retired and, um, uh, uh, chief Dossie was moving up into the deputy spot. So the opportunity, uh, the opportunity came to go into the ops, uh, ops chief spot. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of conversations with my wife. I'm sure. As, as at home, she is the real chief. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, you know what? Everybody take a tactical pause because the sooner you figure that out, the better your life will be. Yes. And, and also Trust keep in mind, whenever you promote, the wife gets a promotion as well. So. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I don't think any of us... Uh, could be where we're at without the support of our wives and the family. It's, it's so true. Huge. So, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, without that, it, it, it just doesn't work. Um, so moving into the operations chief uh, position, of course, as you all know, I, I said yes. And um, it, uh, or I should say my wife said yes. <laughs> <laughs> there and, we go. Uh, then uh, 
I moved into that. Um, you know, it was crazy because I remember when I first got into that spot, anytime you're new at something, it's like drinking out of the fire hose. Uh, fortunately, uh, Chief Dossie was there and I was in his office probably 20 to 30 times a day. And thank you, Chief Dossie, for at least not showing your anger for me bugging you all the time <laughs> as you were trying to learn your new position. But uh, I just remember thinking, wow, you know, there's, there's no academy for this. How am I going to learn this? And then it dawned on me, my whole fire service career was the academy for that spot. Yeah. It really was. And I was still learning. Um, and to be thrown into the, I shouldn't say thrown into the business, be, be put into the positions where I'm making some of the decisions that I was supposed to be making was just mind blowing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in charge of this now. Yeah. And, um, you know, getting advice along the way, none of the decisions are ever made in a vacuum. There's a lot of uh, homework that gets done, especially behind the major decisions and new policies and things like that uh, mm -hmm. that come out. So Sure. And here, here I am. And here you are. Yeah. 35 years. Hello, everybody. So that was part one of the exit interview with Chief Phil Johnson. And uh, look forward to everybody checking out the second interview session. That's going to be coming out here pretty soon. Thank you very much.